Welcome to the Lake Show Life Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Jason Reed. Welcome back to another episode of the Lake Show Life Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jason Reed, the acting side expert over at lakeshowlife.com, part of the Fan Sided Podcasting Network. Today is Friday, February 13th, 2021, the day before Valentine's Day. Happy early Valentine's Day to everyone out there. Uh, I hope all of you have a safe, healthy, and fun Valentine's Day. I hope you all have a great day with your boo, whether you go on a date, whether you stay home, eat in, whatever you're doing. hope it's a great day for all of you. If you don't have a boo, that's okay. I understand. Uh, you could do some other things. Watch some WandaVision. That's been fantastic. New movie on HBO Max, Judas and the Black Messiah. That was a very good movie. Or you could watch the Lakers. The Lakers play on Sunday on Valentine's Day, 7 p.m. in Denver against the Denver Nuggets. Um, that you know, that's that's some dinner romance. You know, uh, watching right there. You know, get the candles lit, nice homemade dinner, turn on the Laker game. There's no no other way to uh, be romantic than that. Um, but before we talk about the Nuggets game, we have an issue to address. It's not really an issue because they overcame it. But that is the Lakers game against the Memphis Grizzlies uh, tonight at the time of recording this, yesterday at the time you're listening, or maybe, you know, three years ago, if you're listening three years in advance. If so, hello, future you. Um, the Lakers, man. So they won 115-105, and that's really the important thing. And anyone who didn't watch the game would see that and be like, okay, it was a controlling game for the Lakers. They obviously came up against a less talented Grizzlies team who are still more talented than people give them credit for. Um, the Lakers did their thing. They finished the homestand on a winning streak. I believe it's seven games now. All six games at home they won. Um, or all five games, excuse me. That's fantastic. Now, if you watch the game, you know that's a completely different story. Because the Lakers got out to a 22-2 to deficit. Yes, a 22-2 to deficit. That doesn't even feel real uh, saying. Um, it didn't feel real watching at the time either. Either. Um, I felt like I was cursing the Lakers. I didn't actually have money on this game, but I picked them against the spread yet again. And I felt like I was just a curse. I need to start picking them against them every single time. But they got the job done. They came back. They ended up uh, leaving the first quarter with a 31-16 deficit. You know, they cut it pretty quickly. They went on a, what, 14-9 run. I mean, it, 15 points still is a big deficit, but it's doable. Uh, tit for tat second quarter. Uh, I believe they had a 13-point deficit going into half. And then you saw the switch flip in the third quarter, we, like we've seen before by the Lakers in previous games. Um, outscored the, the Grizzlies by 18 points and then put it away in the fourth quarter, outscoring them by five. Uh, LeBron, you know, hit that three at the buzzer at the end of the third quarter. Momentum kind of carried into the fourth, and the Lakers got the job done. Um, it was a bad start. And for those Laker fans who were panicking, I wrote an article over on lakeshowlife.com the other day talking about why we shouldn't panic and all the stuff behind that. You can go check it out. Um, definitely probably were panicking when it was 22 to two. And I don't blame you 22 to two against the Grizzlies is not a good start, especially when you have an overtime, two overtime games against the thunder in your back pocket and a double overtime game against the Pistons. Um, the Lakers have not been putting away these bad teams like you would expect them to. And some people worry about that. I personally don't. It's the regular season. In reality, what matters is staying healthy and just getting there and they're going to get there no matter what. So I don't weigh these losses and wins too much. Um, but you know, they did what the Lakers do, and they, they came back and they won the game. And, you know, that should be a sign, you know, uh, it, it should be a lesson, a two-and-a-half-hour lesson of why you shouldn't worry about the Lakers. You know, 22-2 deficit, you're extremely worried. Yeah, it's one game, but you're extremely worried for just that one outcome, the loss. And then they just come storming back slowly, and then, you know, that third quarter explode. Um, just It just proves you shouldn't worry about them. And really, the depth of this team is why you shouldn't worry about the Lakers, you know, why I like this team so much. 
why I think they are going to win the NBA championship yet again, back to back years. And it's just, this team has so many guys who can get buckets on any given night and they kind of take turns doing so. It's really fun to watch. Um, you know, you have LeBron and AD. AD did return for this game and he looked like classic AD after a slow start, really caught fire after that. Uh, 35 points, nine rebounds and an assist. That's classic AD numbers. Um, he looked great. LeBron did his thing, 28-9-8, and eight, um, building the MVP case yet again. We're really starting to see him get into full gear. You know, even though people have been talking about him MVP for a while now, I haven't really fully bought into it until here recently. And we've seen him kind of get into that full speed and be LeBron James. Because early on, first two weeks of the season, he just wasn't. He was very obviously taken at 85%. Um, and his, you know, his minutes were down and everything. But here recently with the overtime games and everything, he's just – He's really picked it up, and you know it was expected. You know, you knew LeBron was going to ramp it up a little earlier than I thought, but he's playing fantastic basketball. And everyone's going to complain about Marcus All, whatever. But the depth behind them is just so fantastic. I mean, you got KCP who didn't have a great night tonight, kind of a little cold after a really hot start to the season. He only had three points, uh, two assists, and a board. Um, but you have him as an option. You have Dennis Schroeder as an option. He only had two points, three rebounds, three assists. And really, you know, the starting backcourt in this game was really poor, if we're just being quite frank. Honestly, all the guards really weren't fantastic in this game. Uh, Wes Matthews, you know, he's another great option. He only had 3-2-1. and one. Um, But still, another great option, don't get me wrong. Alex Crusoe, elite defensive player. He had 2-6-3. and three. Just didn't really score the basketball, but played his defense. His defense was much, much missed. And a six assists, um, I believe that's a season high. I could be incorrect, but he played good basketball. Not great scoring output. But even when those guys aren't on their A game, you, mean, you have Kyle Kuzma. Who went 20 and 10 and this is the classic Kyle Kuzma game against a bad team where he'll kind of you know stay mediocre against whatever and then he'll have a really big breakout game and all the Kuzma believers will come rushing back to his side look I've taken my stance on Kyle Kuzma everyone that listens to the podcast knows it um I'm not gonna I'm just gonna die on this hill Kuzma had a great game and I will recognize game when I see it and he looked fantastic tonight I'm dying on the Kuzma hill of him not being as good as people think doesn't mean he's a bad player uh, I think he's a slightly below average NBA player but you know I I will die on that hill. I'm not going to let one performance swing me to think that Kyle Kuzma is an exceptional role player. But when he's your ninth best role player, that's really good because he would be the sixth or seventh best role player on almost every single other NBA team. Um, so, you know, that's really good. Um, you know, Trez, he had 14-7, and seven, another great option. You know, he went off when AD was out. Uh, he had a really good game against the Thunder the first time. And you have THT who only played six minutes tonight. Um, you know, he's an option off the bench. He's had some really big games. This team is deep. I mean, you figure the guys I named right there. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. They are ten guys deep of like legitimate rotation players. You know, they have Quinn Cook and Alfonso McKinney. Those are guys who would be the nine and ten on most NBA teams. And they're the eleven and twelve on the Lakers. Both played two minutes a night tonight. Don't really play, if we're being honest. Um, the Lakers have ten talented rotation guys who would be a part of every single NBA rotation. You can't tell me that anyone in this rotation wouldn't be a part of another rotation if they're put on another team and probably have a more prominent role than they do on the Lakers. Um, they're just, they're deep. They are super, super deep. Um, and you know, that bench unit is really what helped the Lakers kind of come back. You know, obviously LeBron and AD combined to score, you know, 63 quick math. Yeah. 63 points, but that bench unit, that's, what's important. That's what allows them to storm back, cut the deficit from the starting five. And really, you know, is the difference between the Lakers and some of these other teams. I mean, 34 points combined from Kuzma and uh, Trez is fantastic. Even with some slow play from the guards, um, I, I just like this team, and I don't think people should worry. And I've been telling them that for a long you – know, I don't want to say a long time, but, you know, people were panicking after those overtime wins – or, yeah, overtime wins. Um, but the clutch numbers are still fantastic for the Lakers. They're still extremely deep. All of it. All the signs points to the Lakers being just fine. 
Um, and this game is just the perfect metaphor for that. Started off slow. People worried. I was worried myself. Um, of course, it's the one I didn't bet on, so they came back. <laughs> and uh, they, they just did their thing, and they beat a team they should have beaten the Grizzlies. They've won seven straight, and that's just kind of absurd to think that fans are a little worried of a team that has won seven straight. Um, and they look great. You know, they're tied for the most wins in the league with the Utah Jazz, which I wanted to touch on quickly before we get into the Denver Nuggets game. The Jazz are playing really, really good basketball. You can't deny it. Um, I had the Jazz actually hitting their under before the season. I thought they were a little overhyped. I didn't love Mike Conley. I think he's in the later stage of his career, and I didn't think he was going to be fantastic. I think Donovan Mitchell, I mean, I don't think this is a fact. You know, he's not a good defensive guard, so I don't think it's absurd to say that. Um, you know, I thought Rudy Gobert was going to be a year worse, and I thought they were going to be a good team. I didn't think they were going to be this, 21-5, and 9-1 uh, in their last 10. They had that really long winning streak, lost one, and then have won six in a row since then. They look good. They've been playing good basketball. They beat the Bucks tonight um, at the time of recording this yesterday, if you're listening when it goes up. That being said, I, I still don't think they're a threat to the Los Angeles Lakers. I really don't um, in a playoff series. And I wrote an article about this kind of outlining and detailing why I don't think they're a threat. Um, and the reasons, you know, there's, th there's threefold reasons that I think that I look at the Jazz and I'm like, okay, in a playoff series, I genuinely think the Lakers take care of them in five, six at the most. But even if it is six, it's going to be one of those non-competitive sixes where the Lakers win two, the Jazz will excuse me, win game three, be down 2-1. The Lakers will win four, be up 3-1. Jazz will bring it to 3-2, and the Lakers will win. One of those just controlling six-game series where it went six, but the Lakers were in control the entire time. Um, reason number one, Anthony Davis just cooks Rudy Gobert. Like, when, when he's been a member of the Los Angeles Lakers, Anthony Davis has gone after Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert is their best defensive player, former defensive uh, player of the year winner. And AD just has his way with him. I don't know what it is. I don't know, you know, because Gobert's a good defender. We've seen other good defenders kind of stifle AD a little bit. I don't know if it's because he's not a big offensive presence, so AD doesn't have to work as hard on the defensive end. I don't know if it's just because he is such a good defender that AD is bringing a little bit extra just to prove something. Um, but he's great against Gobert, man. I mean, remember last year in the bubble when the Lakers looked terrible in those seeding games, the one game where they actually looked really good was against the Jazz because I think they wanted to prove something. And AD went right after Gobert. I mean, I don't know if you remember the game, but, you know, he was challenging him in the post. You know, he was getting down low. Uh, there was the one, I think he took a three over him or it was a long two or something. And there was like a still taken after of AD just kind of like looking at it with his hand, you know, in that pose and drained it over Rudy Gobert. He just went after him. He scored 42 points in that game with 12 boards and he just was cooking him. Um, great. It wasn't just Gobert, but he was cooking him. So that's the first reason. I mean, if you look at the numbers too, so four games against the Jazz, three games against the Jazz, excuse me, last season, AD had 29 points, 29.7 points, 8.3 rebounds, 2.3 assists, shot 51.8% from the floor. Offensive rating of 126 and a defensive rating of 90. That's telling. I mean, offensive rating and defensive rating are kind of team stats anyways, if we're being honest. 126 and 90, a 36 net um, rating difference. That's insane. That is insane. Like, historical levels of net rating difference is like 10 to 15 in that range. You know, like, that's where the best teams in the league are, you know, and some of the best of all time. 36? That's incredible. Um so I, I think maybe, like I said, one of the reasons is because he's not a huge offensive presence. Um, I, I don't really have a reason, excuse me, other than that, why AD would cook him so much. Um, number two, the Jazz have really good team defense uh, as far as the advanced numbers are concerned and all that. In terms of their backcourt defense, I don't love it. Um, you know, like I said, Donovan Mitchell is a negative on the defensive end that isn't a hot take. I mean, he has a negative 1.1 defensive blocks plus box plus minus third worst defensive rating on the team at 111. Uh, you have Jordan Clarkson, who's like your six man off the bench. He's not good defensively. 
Mike Conley is at the point of his career where he's can you know he provides the gritty defense and he could get what he has to do done, but he's not the same Mike Conley as before. Um, Joe Ingles isn't like an elite defensive player by any means. Um, it, it, they just don't have like that elite defender or wing really that's going to stop LeBron James. Like when you look at that, who's going to stop LeBron? You know, you have Gobert on AD. We already know AD has his way with Gobert. And then who, who, no one is going to be able to stop LeBron on that team. Yeah. There's guys who they could rotate and kind of just throw guys at him and everything. But you know, LeBron is just, he's the best player on the planet and he's completely different and he's a completely different headache for every NBA team. And he's just going to get his guys open, his shooters open, and with bad backcourt defense, you know, they're not the closeouts aren't going to be as as crisp, and this, you know, coming off the screens and the rotations, and everything aren't going to be as good. And the Lakers are probably going to hit a lot of shots. I, I just I don't see how they guard LeBron, and then in turn guard the guys around LeBron because they're so focused on guarding LeBron. And then, um, like I said, I already talked about the deep the 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 depth of this team. Uh, the Lakers are just way deeper. I mean, without a fact, are way deeper. Um, you know, in the NBA playoffs, your rotation usually shrinks to eight or nine players. The Lakers have 10 solid, consistent rotational players. That's something the Jazz don't have. Uh, their best role player is Jordan Clarkson, who I wrote in this article, and I, I will echo it here. He reminds me a lot of Lou Williams. Uh, he's going to put up big, you know, offensive numbers in the regular season for a bench player. Really good scoring threat. But in the playoffs, he's not going to be as usable because he's a one-way player, just like Lou Williams. Um, in Williams' career outside of the 2018-2019 playoffs where they played the Golden State Warriors in that six-game series. And really, it was kind of just like a series we all knew the results of. Um, Williams' scoring has gone down. So besides that, those six games, his scoring has gone down in the playoffs every single year compared to his regular season. I think the same thing happens to Clarkson. Uh, Royce O'Neal is in the starting lineup for them. He starts at four. Uh, he's not a big scoring threat. I think he averages like seven and a half points a game. Joe Ingles and Derek Favors are the only other bench players in Utah that are averaging 15 or more minutes per game. So they have a total of eight players averaging 15 or more minutes per game. That means their top-end players are playing a lot more minutes, and they don't have as many guys providing minutes off the bench. Compare that to the Lakers, who have 11. I didn't even count Markeith Morris in the rotation because he didn't play tonight. The Lakers have 11 players who are playing 15 or more minutes per game, and all 11 would be part of the Jazz rotation to replace someone. Montrez Harrell, Kyle Kuzma, Wes Matthews, Alex Crusoe, Taylor Horton-Tucker is a far better bench group than Clarkson, Eagles, Eagles, and Favors. Um, they just are. And, yeah, you might shrink that down to three or four guys off the bench, but they have options. They have guys to throw at them. Um, they're just so much deeper, and that is so important in the playoffs. And Frank Vogel is a fantastic coach. He figured things out in the playoffs last year in the bubble. He shut some of these best offensive teams down. Portland, no one stopped Portland in the bubble offensively. The only teams that beat them, like the Clippers, I think they beat them like 136, 135. Um, the Lakers did. Houston was one of the best scoring teams in the league, and you know the micro ball was kind of hard for teams to figure out. The Lakers figured it out. Uh, the Denver Nuggets got red hot. No one could stop Jokic. The Lakers didn't stop them. They limited Jokic. They beat them pretty handily. And then no one could stop the Heat, and they stopped the Heat. Granted, the Heat were injured, but you know the Lakers did their thing, and they're going to do their thing against Utah. And the way I look at it and the way I've looked at it last year too even, and I, I remember I said this. I don't know if I said it on the pod or – I just said it in, in passing with someone is these are two teams who are similar. The Lakers and the jazz both have really good team defense. The Lakers and jazz both have two really good big men, defensive big men who kind of anchored the defense. I like the Lakers defensive depth more. Um, and I like their offensive more. So these are two team de- two teams that are good because of their team defense. And the Lakers are the better defensive team while being the much better scoring team. Donovan Mitchell is a great scorer, don't get me wrong, but they have guys to throw at them, and their second-best scorer, you know, it's just they don't have the guys the Lakers have. You know, LeBron and AD, the Lakers have the two best players in this series. They have, 
you know, um, Gobert is probably the fourth best player, but they have, you know, five of the, or six, five of the top eight players, you know, six of the top nine, whatever the case is. Um, they're too deep. And there's a reason why the Lakers kind of pummeled them last year. They, they really did pummel them. Uh, these, there's new guys on this team, but the identity of the team is still really similar. Uh, last year, the Lakers went three and zero against the jazz average winning margin of 14 points. So the jazz are playing really good basketball. I think they're one of those teams who peaks early, and I think they're probably going to fall down the standings as the year goes on. Maybe they'll still—they're still a lock to be a top four seed. Don't get me wrong, but um, they'll fall in the standings, and we'll all forget about this hot run. And they're a great basketball team and all, but I, I just don't see how they beat the Lakers in the seven-game series. I don't, and I don't think it's competitive. I think the Los Angeles Clippers are a much bigger threat to the Los Angeles Lakers than the Utah Jazz are. I just—I just do. Now, you know, could I be wrong? Yes, absolutely. I've been wrong about a lot of things. Um, but I, I just don't see it. I don't see how they can win that. Um, but I don't know. What do you think? Let me know. Leave us a review on an Apple podcast. Let us know on Twitter or, or something. Let me know. Are you worried about the jazz? And if so, why? I do know one thing you probably should be worried about. And that's some personal grooming. I worry about personal grooming all the time. We have Valentine's day coming up. You know, it's a big day. Uh, some things might be going on. You know, I'm not going to get, it's not safe for work here, but some things might be going on. You need to get some personal grooming going on. Make sure everything's good down there. And to do that, you need to check out Manscaped. So Manscaped, they're awesome. They partnered with us here at the Fansided Podcasting Network. They hooked us up. They sent us some of their uh, their package, their Perfect Package 3.0 kit. Uh, it comes with a lot of products. Uh, they have some creams and some lotions. You know, you could rub on your areas down there, make them fresh, make them crisp. They got some boxer briefs that are supposed to, you know, to pa- pack the goodies nice and well. <laughs> um, you know, they 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 got some products. Uh, most importantly, in the center of the box, if you do get the box, the, their coveted product, the Lawnmower 3.0. This is the third iteration. Iteration. I cannot speak. Iteration of their uh, lawnmower trimmer. Um, it, it's just the perfect thing you need to kind of you know c- keep it clean down there, uh, so you don't have to worry about it. Um, it comes with an LED light. It's showerproof. You could use it in the shower. It's got a little attachable um, razor edge thing, so you don't nick yourself. Um, it's just a fantastic product. And really it's a, you know, for anyone that is worried about that with Valentine's day coming up, probably not going to get it in time for Valentine's day. If you're just listening to the day before, but there's always next year, this could be a great Valentine's day gift, a late Valentine's day gift, you know, or maybe you just pay for express shipping. I still don't think it's going to come in a day, but that's okay. Um, but Manscaped wants to hook you guys up just like they hooked us up. They want to give you 20% off and free shipping. If the, you, if you use the code fansided 20 over at manscaped.com. That's right. So you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code fansited20 at manscaped.com. Um, you know, you can unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. It's a fantastic company. I wouldn't be talking about them so highly if I didn't believe in them. Manscaped, go check them out. Fansided20 over at manscaped.com. Okay, so the Denver Nuggets game. Talked about why the Utah Jazz aren't a threat to the Los Angeles Lakers. I think the, U- the Denver Nuggets would be a bigger threat to the Lakers than the, than the Utah Jazz would. And I still don't, I still think the Lakers beat them in a series. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying the Nuggets are going to beat the Lakers. Um, but I do think the Lakers, the Nuggets would beat the Lakers in a series. As the standings actually shake out right now, the Nuggets would face the Lakers in the first round. Granted, there's a lot to happen in the play-in tournament and all that. So, you know, this isn't going to be what happens at the end of the year. But they very well could face off again in the playoffs again. And my main concern, I've said it again, and I'll, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. The Lakers don't have a lot of center depth behind Marcus Gasol, and if Marcus Gasol gets into foul trouble or gets hurt before the playoffs, I have no idea how they plan on stopping Nikola Jokic um, in a playoff series because there's going to be a lot of minutes where Trez is on him, and we've already seen that as a nightmare. That is not going to change. I think Trez could be better than he was with the Clippers with the ne- right person next to him. The problem is that right person next to him is a traditional center, and they won't have that with Gasol out. Um, so that's worrisome. 
But, I mean, that's a very specific situation that might not even happen. So, I'm hopeful. In terms of a regular season matchup, you know, you're not so much worried about that. Um, just because, you know, it's it's a regular season game. And he can get into, you know, foul trouble and in, hopefully not injured, you know, but he could be. Um, but it's the regular season. You know, things happen. You lose games. It's not a seven-game series. The Nuggets aren't going to have as many chances to kind of adapt and whatnot to the Lakers. That being said, this is the second time these two teams have faced off against each other. The Lakers played the Nuggets, I believe, to open the home stretch, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, to open the home stretch. Thursday, February 4th. That was my sister's birthday. Shout out, Caitlin. Uh, they beat him 114 to 93. And it was a very similar game to this game. And actually, not so much with the Lakers falling behind early. I mean, it was 30 27 at the end of the first quarter. Uh, they did have a, what was it? was a 10 point deficit at halftime, if I'm remembering correctly. So they were behind, just like they were behind in this game. And just like this previous game against the Grizzlies, they just came storming out of the gates in the third quarter, outscored them 37-17 in the third, and then 31-18 in the fourth for a definitive 114-93 victory. Uh, this time around, it's over in Denver at the Nuggets home court in elevation. That is important. Um, and the Lakers are coming off a five-game homestand, in which they have a seven-game winning streak. Um, the Nuggets, they're kind of catching fire since that Lakers loss. I believe they have not lost again. They've, they're winners of three straight, if I'm not mistaken. Winners of two straight, excuse me, sorry. So maybe they have lost since then. I could just be totally speaking out of my rear end. They're 14-11 on the season, seventh seed like I mentioned. Uh, Jokic is playing MVP-level basketball. Uh, he's just fantastic. I think, you know, if the Nuggets kind of piece together a better second half and rise up the standings, that he probably should be the favorite to win the MVP. I don't know. That's just me. I really like Jokic as a player. In terms of injuries, uh, P.J. Dozier, uh, he might be out. You know, this is reported on February 12th. That's today, the time of recording. He could miss the next two games, so probably won't play. And then Gary Harris, um, it says, according to Harrison Wynn of the Denver.com, that he could return sometimes during the Nuggets road trip that begins Tuesday, obviously not being the Lakers game on Sunday. Gary Harris is kind of an important bench piece. P.J. Dozier, you know, they could make his minutes up, no problem. So the Lakers still have to face the three-headed monster of Michael Porter Jr. Funny how I said his name first. Jokic and Jamal Murray, who Jamal Murray has taken a step back, which I think was probably a little bit predictable. I mean, he really jumped out in the NBA bubble and was really good in the playoffs, but it did kind of come out of nowhere. It wasn't like one of those Jason Tatum things where he just like slowly exploded. Like it just kind of happened out of nowhere, and there was a lot of weird things in the bubble. That being said, he's still right in line where he's averaged the last two years. His points per game, 18.1. 18.5 last season, uh, 34% from beyond the arc, 34.1. He was 34.6 last year. Uh, he's a little bit worse from the field, 44.2 opposed to 45.6. Uh, total rebounds, 3.9 to 4. Assists, 4.4 to 4.8. Steals, 1 to 1.1. So he's pretty much the exact same player as he was in the regular season. It's just that playoffs breakout was a little bit of anomaly, it looks like. So you got him. You have Jokic, like I said, playing MVP-level basketball. And it's an interesting matchup. For sure for the Lakers. I mean, the Jazz, uh, excuse me, the Nuggets, you know, they played really good in the first half. Couldn't put it together in the second half. Jokic had a slow game against the Lakers. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what happens. In terms of our purple and gold players, if you do not know, every game we pick purple and gold role players. We don't pick the stars. That would be too easy. On each team, the purple players is someone on the other team who the Lakers need to beat up, need to bruise a little bit, leave them a purple bruise um, to win the game. So a role player they need to look to contain. Whereas the gold player is a role player on the Lakers that, I don't think needs to have a good game, but I think will have a good game against the Denver Nuggets or against whoever the Lakers are playing for that specific podcast episode. I usually start with the purple players. So with the purple player, see, there's I have someone written down, but it's too easy. Now someone's obviously Michael Porter Jr. because he's the third best player on the team, shooting 44% from beyond the arc, all that fun stuff. 
I'm going to pivot. I'm going to say Jermichael Green. Jermichael Green averaging 21.1 minutes off the bench, shooting 44% from beyond the arc, 10 points, 6 boards, uh, 1 assist. I think the Nuggets are a deep team, deeper than the Jazz, I think. Uh, you know, they have – so off the bench, they have – let's see. They're, so their starting five is obviously Jokic, Millsap, Murray, Barton, Gary Harris. And they have Michael Porter coming off the bench. Sometimes he starts, but kind of mostly coming off the bench. Uh, Monty Morris off the bench. Bull Bull off the bench. He doesn't really play many minutes, let's be honest. Um, P.J. Dozier off the bench, like I said, not playing. Jermichael Green. Uh, they, they, they're deep. They got some guys. Um, Jermichael Green, though, he's having a great year. Like I said, 44% from beyond the arc, 10.6 boards. And the Lakers have, I don't want to say struggled, but, you know, someone like Tobias Harris, who Jermichael Green's not Tobias Harris. But he had a good game against the Lakers. And on the bench, you know, I'm just going to be interesting to see who guards him because it really looks like it will probably be Kyle Kuzma, um, you know, with Jermichael Green being a four, uh, Kuzma also being a four. We might get some Trez minutes on him, so that might be interesting to see how Trez defends him. And it'll just be interesting to see how they limit his three ball, um, you know, keep him having a, having a big game. If the Nuggets are going to win this game, I think you're going to have to have get have to get bench contributions from someone like Jermichael Green, which they've been getting all season. If they get Jermichael Green's averages, maybe a little bit more. If Jermichael Green scores 13 points with seven boards, like that might be enough for the, the Denver Nuggets to win this game, even though that's only one more three pointer than he averages already. Um, that's just the kind of game it is, and you know that's the kind of bench player that can burn the Lakers. Look at the Thunder's game, Thunder games, uh, even the Detroit Piston games. You know, someone like Josh Jackson. Those are the players that swing a game, and in this game, I think that player is Jermichael Green. As far as my gold player, who I think is going to have a good game, this is kind of a cheating answer, but I'm going to pick it anyways because, you know, oh well. Uh, it's Dennis Schroeder. So Dennis Schroeder has been up and down for the Lakers this year. I'm a huge Dennis Schroeder guy. I will support him till the end, even though if I'm not sure if he deserves a contract at this point, a new contract. Um, he was good against Denver last time. So 21 points, four boards. Uh, four assists, excuse me, two boards against the Nuggets the first time they squared off. And I'm just going to predict another um, another great game from Schroeder. I mean, it's the exact same matchup. Uh, I don't love Denver's backcourt defense. I mean, obviously, you know, Jokic isn't a great defender, but he holds his own. Um, but backcourt defense, you know, I think it definitely can get better. Jokic actually has a really good defensive box plus minus. Um, you know, but Jamal Murray's not a great defender. Will Barton, not a great defender. Monty Morris, not a great defender. Gary Harris isn't playing. Um, so there really isn't that many, like, dogs in the in the backcourt. You know, Michael Porter Jr. is okay, but he's going to guard LeBron, at least try to guard LeBron. Uh, Jokic is obviously going to be on AD. So I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities for Schroeder to attack the basket, to kind of get open at, you know, beyond the arc and whatnot, and, and really have his way at this, uh, at this Denver backcourt because I don't like them defensively. Um, and I, that's just a great matchup for the Lakers. So those are the two role players that I would look forward to or I would look at when we look at this game, um, especially Schroeder. I really do think he's going to have a good game, not just because he had a good game last time. Um, and we also do our betting picks for every game. Unfortunately, there is no betting odds for this game out at yet anywhere since it is on Sunday. The Lakers don't have any games until then, but just fresh off of this game, you know, they don't have odds yet. And I think the Nuggets might play tomorrow. I could be wrong. Tomorrow being today, Friday. I say tomorrow, you know, because I'm recording on Thursday. Um, no, they don't play. So they played tonight. They don't play again until Sunday as well. So the odds aren't out. I would guess. So I'm just going to make my picks now and y'all are going to hate me for them. I would guess right now with the Nuggets being the home team, I would guess the Lakers are three and a half point favorites. I have no idea what the over under is and uh, that I'll leave up in the air for me to pick when I do the article. When the games aren't out like this, I always just do an article picking my betting picks and keeping track of my record and whatnot. 
I think the Nuggets are going to be three and a half point favorites. And either way, no matter what they are, or uh, underdogs, excuse me, no matter what they are as underdogs, I'm going to pick them. And that's because I think the Lakers are going to lose this game. I think this is a statement game for Denver, you know, coming up against the Lakers after getting blown out last time around. Jokic had a very uncharacteristic, you know, bad game the first time around. He's going to look to, you know, rebound. Uh, You still have, you know, Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. healthy. And the Lakers have won seven games in a row, and some of them have been ugly at times. And now they're starting a road trip, and they're playing in Denver in elevation on Valentine's Day. LeBron's going to be thinking about, you know, Samantha and whatnot. Um, Is that his wife's name? I'm going to feel so stupid if that was wrong. I think it's Samantha. This is just genius podcasting when I don't even know some of the things I say. Um, Savannah, excuse me. (laughs) Savannah, not Samantha. I was going to be thinking about Savannah. Uh, I I just, I see this being one of those Lakers games. It's going to be back and forth. It's going to be like the Philadelphia 76ers game. Um, It's not going to be a blowout by any means, but I like the Nuggets to win the game, and I like them getting three and a half to four points because I think either way this is probably a one-possession game. So you just always take the points in those situations. In in my opinion, I'm definitely not a genius when it comes to betting, but I do think the Nuggets are going to get the job done in this game as much you know, to the chagrin of Lakers fans. Um, I got to be honest. I got to keep it 100. I got to be objective. And I, as much as I want the Lakers to win, I want to be wrong. I also want my record to be good. So I got to go with what I think is going to happen. I can't pick the Lakers go 82-0. and They have to lose 72-0 and this year. They have to lose eventually. And I think this Nuggets game is just gearing up to be one of those games where they lose in close fashion. Um, and they'll be fine. Again, people probably panic because, you know, no one likes to see their team lose in any situation. The Dodgers play 162 games and people still panic after they lose. But um, I, I just see them losing this game. And then, you know, they got the Timberwolves game and then they got the Nets game next Thursday. That's the big, you know, game they're really looking forward to. So, and it's a weird stretch because they head to Denver, they head to Minnesota and then they head back to L.A. So that Timberwolves game is actually could be a trap game potential, um, especially if the Lakers win this game. Either way, I got the Nuggets, whatever they are against the spread. Over, under, I'll leave that up to wh- whenever it's out. It's probably going to be like 218.5. And I lean in a close game. All the Lakers' close games have been under, I feel like, this year. So I probably lean under, but I'm not sure. I've been terrible with the over-unders this year. Nuggets against the spread. That's my pick. Let me know what your pick is. Let me know I'm dumb. I know you probably don't <laughs> you probably don't like that I picked against the Lakers. You could let me know in the comments, you know, podcast reviews. You could let me know on Twitter, my personal Twitter at Eachuridis, at the podcast Twitter, at the Lake Show Life. Wherever you want to let us know. Let me know how dumb I am. Trust me, I I know. Um and then we'll we'll be back at you after that Nuggets game. So Sunday night they play. We'll we'll bust out the uh the podcasting equipment after Valentine's Day. Uh, after a nice Valentine's Day dinner, I'll bust it out. I'll talk about the Nuggets game. <laughs> that sounded really bad. Uh, Monday, we'll be coming back at you, uh, previewing the Timberwolves game. And then probably back at you again on Wednesday because I need to – or Thursday morning, probably Thursday morning to preview the uh, the Nets game because that is a really big game, and we cannot not preview that. And then also the Heat game. I don't know. There's a lot of fun games coming up, so it's going to be a fun, fun time to be a Laker fan. I'm already looking ahead to February 24th against the Jazz so I could uh, feel like a genius when I tell that Lakers might be dogs in that game on the road if the Jazz keep playing the way they're playing. And I'm just – if the Lakers being dogs, everyone's got to jump on that opportunity. So at the end of the day, y'all know how it is. Go Lakers. I, I be balling every day.